Hello, and welcome to Night Clerk Radio, episode 76. We're talking about the duality of video game music. And Ross is here, and Rosso Caleb is back because we invited him on for his tentacle expertise on the Cryo Chamber episode, but it was an album that didn't really inspire as much discussion as I'd hoped. So we're we're gonna we're gonna do a do-over with two video game soundtracks. One, a video game I played too much of for how good it is or not good. <laughs> and another video game, which I have not played at all, but I've heard a lot about. Uh, Warhammer 40k, Dark Tide, and Signalis. I leave it up to you to decide which one I grouped into which category. <laughs> yeah, both of these games are sci-fi horror, but have very different themes uh, and gameplay. Signals <laughs> is a survival horror game, uh, an homage to older style games like the first couple of Silent Hills and Resident Evil games. And Dark Tide is in the is a co-op shooter like Left 4 Dead and many games like that where you and up to three <laughs> friends fight off hordes of mutants and enemies trying to get from point A to point B to kill a boss or whatever. And both of them have very long and very good soundtracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very long. Both are like two hours, yeah. incredibly varied, which we'll get into. But I, mm. I do like, you know, comparing and contrasting one game that is like a survival horror RPG about the the importance of choice and destiny in life. And the other one is mm-hmm. like, what if I was a seven foot tall Ogren and just shot 300 people a minute? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, also a game made by two people versus a game made by 2000 people or whatever fat shark yeah. Yeah. made by yeah, the end of subcontracting too. everything. Yeah. And, and the yeah. two people managed to finish their game before releasing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. So Caleb, we have you on, and I've you've mentioned in like pre-episode discussion that you have like a thesis about video game music. Do you want to start with your thesis statement, and then we can like get into the albums, or how would you like to do this? Yeah, sure. Um, so my in comparing these two albums, which is a completely arbitrary comparison, but like that's mm-hmm. how a lot of discoveries are made with completely arbitrary. What if I eat this bread mold? Hey, it's good. Mm-hmm. I think when you compare the two albums together, they're both very good video game albums technically in the same genre of storytelling if not video game and they both arrive at being very good by like completely different routes and i think that is the interesting part of comparing jesper kid's dark uh tide soundtrack to the uh thousand eyes a little bit more ambient soundtrack of signalis because they are two very different ways around the barn to get to the same place of like, I would listen to this outside of playing this video game, which is pretty rare for me in terms of soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that is a useful point of comparison between the two because they're sort of maximalist, minimalist aesthetics mm. materially how they're made. That's also a difference. Like, you know, Signalis does not have spooky men's choir money. Like Dark Tide does <laughs> that, you know, you got to pay those guys. Most of them are union. So there, there's that. And uh, I think they are both amazing in different ways. So mm-hmm. but they're they're interesting in, in comparing each other. That was my sort of takeaway. Sure. Yeah. And I don't think you should not comparing random stuff. You know, we always had jokes in astronomy that most of astronomy is just plotting two things until you get a straight line. And then that's your result. <laughs> nice. It's like most most important things like your star formation rate and presence of certain elements and they go together in a galaxy there you go yeah so you just you got the straight line of, of music analysis i guess yeah they're two aesthetic trajectories that ellipse into yeah. the same point which i think is interesting. yeah yeah
So I'm, I'm mostly yeah. going to talk about the Dark Tide one first because it's one that I can both map onto actually playing the game to the soundtrack oh, and sure. listening to it. Because Dark Tide's not really a soundtrack I remember thinking about or noticing when I was playing mm-hmm. until there are certain levels where you have to get the little servitor skull and then some of the more mm-hmm. synth poppy stuff plays. Like whenever there's like hacking in computers, they always mm-hmm. play the more synth poppy synth wave mm-hmm. stuff. And that's why I noticed it because I was like following the skull around mowing down monsters. I'm like, wait a minute, this music's kind of a bop. Like, yeah. why, like, why is this my my hacking music? And then kind of went back into the soundtrack. And it, it does, because it, it does have stuff where it was almost like, I was almost worried that it was going to be like a Mick Gordon Doom ripoff. Mm. But they never quite went the metal route that, that he did, no, thankfully. But, but, but it, man, but like, if emotionally it is, though, like, at, at the right point. It the gets points, close. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. that boss music, if I didn't have to do it 15 times. Mm-hmm. That boss music would slap like, you know, like I have yeah. a standing desk. The first time you do that assassination <laughs> mission and that boss music hits, I think it is. I forgot the name of it. Transit Horde. Yes. First time Transit Horde hit that slaps like I was dancing while I was playing and exploding <laughs> dudes heads. It was very fun. But yeah, then you get like transmission commences, which is like this weird spacey would like fit in Jordorowski's Dune level of synth stuff. And yeah, that's the stuff that makes me actually look it up on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, who did this? And what's cool is that the whole soundtrack is just up on YouTube. Yeah. You can listen to it. Like, it's on Fat Sharks. It's not even pirated. Mm-hmm. It's just on Fat Sharks YouTube. So they know they know they got something people want to listen to. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's actually not even like an optional like DLC. If you buy the game, like on Steam, at least you get the full soundtrack as like mm. a separate thing so because i actually looked in to see if i could like buy the album separately but like the album by itself is like 20 bucks as a download and i was like well i already have the game so i don't need this (laughs) but yeah like action games are really soundtracks you don't notice them that much because in action games you're also like the music is competing with the game's audio and like when you're you know shooting a lot of enemies there's a lot of screaming and explosions and gunfire and uh, a lot of players turn down the music because there are audio Mm. cues for certain monsters and so, like, it's you put yourself at a disadvantage to listen to the actual music. But I think we should talk a little bit about the composer, Jesper Kidd, because um, he is one of these, like, just legendary composers because he has got a long ass career uh, dating back, like, to the 90s of doing hmm. um, soundtracks, primarily for games. Uh, but, like, he did Borderlands. He's done some of the Assassin's Creed's, I believe. He has just done uh yeah his first credit is 1990 and he is working on you know the new assassin's creed valhalla and uh he did vermintide but uh interestingly he's done a couple of movies including one i saw uh a few years ago called uh Tumbad, which is like a indian swedish hindu language period horror film so hmm. which is a unique horror movie and actually pr- worth watching so it's like Jesper Kid was like, oh, I recognize that name. And I've listened to some of his other soundtracks before and done some of the hitmans. And what I think what's really great about this soundtrack is that he really gets it shows that he really gets 40K because 40K is like this impossible anachronism of like medieval Catholicism and like brutal World War II industrialism and like mixing the two like musically because you could hear both in terms of the yeah the, the men's choruses and like the organ music and the harpsichord and all these like very old instruments and then like fucking just like uh industrial and like uh techno and like synthwave put a theremin stuff, in there why not no why one's not? Stop yeah it. exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so he mixes in the mysticism and like the industrial like 
brutality really well. So I thought that's that. And there's like, so, yeah, there's such great variation in the tracks. There are tracks that would be perfect for a cryo chamber. You could pick just the ambient tracks and slap it on cryo chamber and be like, oh, yeah, that's a good yeah, cryo chamber album. You know, there's some tracks like uh, Waiting to Strike was actually very meditative, very like lots of layering. And yeah, no, it's it's very good. Yeah, it's really deeply and uh, richly symphonically scored in terms of instrumentation, yeah. like just the sheer variety. Mm-hmm. And I know part of that's having like sci-fi setting of, of 40 K uh, mm-hmm. where you can do, you know, uh, hardcore synth like warp travelers, just like a Solnesh rave. Like it's very, <laughs> very much could have done that on fruity loops with some better like audio cues and done mm-hmm. that. But like the budget of this is to a level that you also have like real men's choral performances You've got these alto sections that are very heavily like lit- and you said Catholic, like relying on these sort of like, you know, deeply layered chords in the alto section that you get in like Messiah performances from local symphonies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what I thought is the genius, because like if if you told me to score 40K that way, I would go that result. But I thought he added that sort of like if you ever seen the Robert Downey um, Sherlock Holmes movies, the Zimmer score there focuses mm-hmm. very heavily on like what I call skeleton fiddle. Like it, it's, oh, it's yeah. <laughs> badly fucking tuned. It's mm-hmm. like fucking hollow. You crank the mid up and you use it primarily like a percussive instrument. And it's mm-hmm. very much like, this is the thing you hear as Jack the Ripper is gutting you in an alley by steam yeah. lamp. And mm-hmm. every track starts utilizing that as like the counter yeah. beat to the bass. And I mean, that's when Dark Tide really yeah. fucking slaps for me because mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> and so but it's just like really richly and generously uh, instrumented. And I think that's good because like 40K as a vibe is extra like it's yeah. nothing mm-hmm. but extra. And the game is solely vibe. You think about the lore for two seconds. It starts it breaking no down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and this music is very much about like, I'm going to give you so much. You don't have time to think about it. Just kill like, <laughs> yeah. Or are just like vibe to your little hacking mini game on the skull. You're poking in the eye to turn on a terraformer or whatever. Like it is very much music to get you vibing with that moment. And then it's gone. Like, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a very interesting approach to it. It's certainly a resource intensive uh, mm-hmm. approach more than Signalis, but I think it works. Yeah. Except yeah. I think it's the best part about dark time. I'll tell you how much. <laughs> yeah, no, no <laughs> shit. Um, I think a really good example of that is the, one of the later tracks, Emperor of Mankind, which is like mm-hmm. the chorus is very majestic, but like it has those, those really harsh strings that Caleb's talking about. And so it's almost like, Oh, here's this propaganda song to glorify our God emperor. And then it's like, but no, this is, that's pretty fucking horrifying. Your worship a corpse, uh, you know, that eats a thousand people a day. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and so it's like this, these two things that cannot resolve themselves. And, and that's kind of like played out in the track. So, uh, yeah. Skeleton fiddle is a perfect description, by the way. Mm-hmm. I just want to, Oh, thank you. Yes. I didn't want to interrupt you at the time, but it is exactly what you hear. <laughs> all of those period pieces from like that like guy Ritchie era of just like not like not not really pizzicato but it's like clearly not like well intonated and stuff it's just if they ever yeah. integrate diegetic sound of that into dark tide in a patch or something i will only accept fiddles played by rattlings as they do a jig <laughs> like that like it's gotta be that if it's just some dude playing a violin no not allowed mm-hmm. heresy killed by an inquisitor instantly gotta be a little rattling Doing sort of a sea <laughs> shanty dance. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, and then just to add on to that, I do want to also emphasize in terms of the variety of the album that it does have like synth wavy stuff too. Like there are like mm-hmm. synth tracks on it too. Like they're not as frequent as the more what you think of as like the industrial 40k Catholic choir stuff that y'all were just talking about. But it does mm-hmm. have so like off world aspects was the song I was talking about at the beginning when I said the servitor bop that got me noticing that there is like a, a soundtrack with some thought. And then there's just a, it, it tends to be the ones around data, like data transmission and mm-hmm. transmission commences and that type of stuff does have brings in more like synth and techno synth wave elements, which I thought was just interesting that they, and I, I assume it, it works. I assume it's not just like pandering. No, I, I think the yeah. more cryo chamber um, and we talked about like visual art and stuff and mm-hmm. like the, the, cinematic language of sort of a cryo chamber album that can happen at sometimes like it's got stuff like that too that isn't necessarily slap so like i think like drop ship to hive tertium this revving bass over what is essentially like a klaxon of your drop ship landing like it mm-hmm. sounds like something you listen to while you're strapping on guns like and uh, but it is also like meditative and dreadful like it gets <laughs> more chaotic the closer you get to the song ending which is also a vibe you want for dark tide as a game. Like, yeah, I think it, it does a lot of interesting things. I think it's very much being led by the vibe and 40 K mm. is more than just murder vibes. There's like big, creepy, <laughs> empty space vibes. Uh, and I think it is dedicated to that and portraying that audio landscape in the same way. Like the art is so focused in dark tide on portraying the like raw scale and, um, awe-inspiring proportions of the Mm -hmm. visuals you're seeing. Uh, I think it's very much led by that very visual design. In a way, Signalis is not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think 40K, like, they, it's not all action nonstop because they have to show you, like, these quiet moments. I mean, if nothing else for the story to be like, why would someone, like, betray humanity and and start serving or worshiping the chaos gods? It's like, oh, it's because they live here in this awful hellscape, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, that makes sense. I would I would, I would, would also embrace Nurgle if I was a factory worker in this city because it's so god. At least yeah. you have community. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you got to have that contrast. Yeah. I, I was a bit surprised when I first started playing the game that there was, like, so much, like, well, there were, there was noticeable synth wave into it. Um, that was I was expecting a more traditional orchestral kind of thing, but like I, I mean, I well, I like it. I mean, I like the little EDM kind of tracks, little hacking tracks, like Burke was talking about. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but again, extra, you get both. Like, there's a ton of like real <laughs> timpani samples on here. Like they they mm-hmm. got they got full orchestras and things like that to record things. But you also yeah. get like kicking sync rave, which most video games is going to be like, wait, you can do this on a keyboard and I'm also paying for studio time. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. No, you're not. <laughs> and uh, Fat Shark said, no, yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if I had like a byline as my, my last point on this album, it would just be that it's perfect gym music. Absolutely. Just something we don't talk much about on this show, but it is absolutely it is uh, perfect music to lift. <laughs> personal best today, <laughs> listening to the dark time theme in preparation hey, for the episode. Yeah. Ready to purge some heretics. Yeah. All right. That's <laughs> right. For the emperor.
So I think we should move to discussing Signalis, which is a game I want to play, but have not yet because I just don't really sit down and play games anymore, unfortunately. In the yeah, same. that's fair. So I know, Ross, you kind of had an opening talk about it as a survival horror game, and I listened mm-hmm. to you and Bridget talk about it a lot on, mm-hmm. on RPPR. But can you just sort of like, because it feels like a game that has more like thematic, <laughs> not hard, not a, not a high bar, but it's more like thematic character narrative driven than Dark Tide. So can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah. Maybe without being too spoilery, but just kind of like the general just. Yeah, it's it's a game of emptiness and loneliness uh, more than anything else. Uh, it's um, perfect for you, the show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's very <laughs> haunted. It's it's an extremely haunted game. Uh, and so the music is very haunted as well. Yeah, haunted by not just like, you know, supernatural entities, but also like your own past memories. Mm. You play an android looking for a human and, and um, that you care about. And uh, you go to this remote mining colony on a distant planet. Uh, it's set in the far future where there are, are uh, the government is uses androids to as the main workforce. There are humans as well. And it's not like a very nice government, but the gameplay is sort of like a top down, like pixel graphics, like re- we would call them retro graphics. They, they, they're they reminiscent of like early 2000 games, like the first two Silent Hills and the first couple of Resident Evils. And uh, you have very limited resources and you have to solve puzzles and bypass these you know, other like infected androids, these other these and you can fight them off, but they they can get back up sometimes. And so you never have enough resources. It's survival horror. You never have enough resources to deal with all your problems. So you have to like you can't kill everything. You you just have to like survive. You have to manage your resources as the game goes on. You, you find out more about the history of like you and this human and the people on this colony and like what happened here. Obviously, everyone's dead or infected and and is a violent, unstable, like monster trying to kill you Mm -hmm. except for a few people. And so you're trying to unravel this mystery as you're going further and further down into this mining colony. And I don't feel like that really spoils anything, but like thematically it's very, it has a lot of references and homages to things like Silent Hill and uh, also other things like neon Genesis Evangelion a little bit, but like, yeah, it's it's like sci-fi about, but it's also like a haunted house, and it's also about a tale about love and loss, like more than anything else. Yeah, it does sound like something I'd be into because, mm-hmm. like, the some of my favorite thematic stuff. You know, like you talk about Ava and just like Anna's works in general and stuff, mm-hmm. Lynch or whatever. Like the slipperiness of identity and like constructing identity and memory and like, oh yeah, what that, what that so really much means of that in this stuff. game. Yeah, so I, I think it's a game I'd like. I just haven't had a chance to play it, but I, I do like the soundtrack. And when you said it was made by two people, I went to check to see if the composer names A Thousand Eyes and Cicada Sirens were pseudonyms for those two people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was like a Toby Fox type situation of like, well, you know, there's there's two people who did the soundtrack, as you mentioned, A Thousand Eyes and Cicada yeah. Sirens. And then uh, Rose Engine, I think, is the name of the two. There's two developers who made. Yeah. Them. Barbara Whitman yeah. and Yuri Stern are the yeah. developers. I just didn't know if that mapped on Two Thousand Eyes and Cicada Sirens, if that was like pseudonyms or. I don't think so. I think they're they're separate. Yeah, I didn't so think there's so, two yeah, pairs. Yeah. There's tech. So yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they also uh, the game uses the Conet project, uh, which I know we've mentioned before. But the mm-hmm. they sample these number station recordings. Um, in fact, I try to look up like, oh, what's the main title music for the game when you start up the game? And no, it's just Conet. It's just number station recordings. <laughs> they don't have any. Like the main theme does not play when you start up the game. It's just like a creepy voice on a radio saying weird, not you say numbers like that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
but this is a very much like a lo-fi kind of game. Like I said, pixel graphics. Uh, it's very much about, you know, distortion, losing date, data, uh, uh, getting corrupted. And so like things breaking down, you know, the pull mm-hmm. of entropy on us all. It's a quiet, reflective game rather than, I mean, punctuated by, you know, Horror. Oh God, the yeah. murder. Yeah. Murder cyborg <laughs> trying to murder me, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that in general maps on well to the soundtrack from my listening to it this week, which is the soundtrack itself is more lo-fi. Mm-hmm. It does not have the extravagant bombastic production of dark tide, which also, you know, makes sense for the game. Mm-hmm. And it did feel more like a survival horror soundtrack, whatever that means. Notably the piano room, save room music. Yeah. is like mm-hmm. one thing I always associate strongly with survival horror, you know, that came up in our episode with Bridget and everything of just that sort of duality and survival horror soundtrack. Yeah, drop the clutch out of the tone whenever you get into the yeah. same room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For me, this one represents the story more having played Signalis myself far more than Dark Tide because a Dark Tide can barely be said to have a story, <laughs> but B Signalis. And again, I'm, I'm going to try not to spoil along with you guys, but I will do something that if you've played video games before, you should have had the media literacy to pick up on. I know the second mm-hmm. you treat as written and existent in the fictional world of the video game, the mechanic of having multiple lives for a character like the second you realize that the Mario that fell down the wrong pipe and died was as real as mm-hmm. the Mario that made it. Um, it instantly <laughs> becomes existentially nightmarish. And when mm-hmm. you have a sci-fi setting, you can really ramp that up to a million. Um, and I will say that Signalis is going to do this like many video games have done before it. But what I find interesting about Signalis is that I think many of them are more so than any of those other representations about like the authenticity of memory and the counterfeit nature of identity itself and uh, ways that that can sort of um, uh, hollow out experiences and ways that that can sort of enrich experiences. And I think all of that is represented in this uh, soundtrack like far more subtext become text than anything else I've seen uh, do it before. So for instance, um, the disintegration loops, something Mm -hmm. often referenced on this podcast and, and one of my favorite albums by William Basinski. Oh yeah. Who has also produced the album nine, two, nine, eight, two, which is a radio frequency you tune into to get clues in Signalis the game. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and so now we're bringing, Mm. yeah. So the, the idea of the identity of the song is a loop of, in many cases, arpeggios, uh, which could be the entirety of the melody of multiple tracks on the Signalis soundtrack and being Mm -hmm. trapped in the disintegrating repetition of those arpeggios is, uh, a thematic, uh, hammer on the nail of the theme of this game. (laughs) Just like, do you get it yet? Like it's about (laughs) decaying in repetition. Like you have songs that are just German for eternal return. Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is, it is thematically hitting very complex philosophical things touched on by the plot of Signalis. And it's representing that in the soundtrack in a way that like, Dark Tide is not even uh, concerning itself with, uh, which is what I found. <laughs> Don't even know. Ex- <laughs> yeah, which is what I found very interesting as like these two paths to albums I both like. Yeah. yeah. No, my Ogren and Dark Tide definitely doesn't even know he has an identity to question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, like Darktide is like, we have to make a live service that gets profits through microtransactions as well as initial purchases. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to make our quarterly profits. And this is like, like four people got together. It's like, let's make a really fucked up story. And like, that's it. Like, let's make it about this person, this little person. And uh, some bad things are going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. But it's going to feel good. Yeah, God. It, yeah. it also does like when it does do vibe bass, it approaches them from like really opposite aesthetics. So like the boss music in Dark Tide slaps like I would listen to that at the club like that. It, mm-hmm. it makes me excited to go see the boss like he's my friend. <laughs> the boss and enemy music in Signalis is so jarring, oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. awful and discordant. I just like I want to kill it to make it stop. <laughs> like yeah yeah it's like, what does your character think of when they encounter the boss and it's like i i put my tr- my notes for one of the boss tracks was like buckle up fucko it's time for a boss fight dot mp3 like yeah no it's it's yeah. not good it's it's yeah very i mean it's good but it's yeah intense having not played the game i'm not sure but it probably fits well with maybe any like tonal revelations or changes in the game but i do feel that these shifts in uh, Signalis are much more jarring as I think Caleb and I just made the point that I was actually kind of prepping in my head is that I do feel like when Signalis shifts directions, it's much more noticeable. Mm. Like Dark Tide is kind of, even though it has this huge range that we talked about, it still all mm. kind of flows and Signalis has tracks that just come out of nowhere. They're not bad. It's just like you have kind of eight languid, lo-fi, mm-hmm. moody tracks. And then one that the first one I really noticed being jarring to me was riot control oh yeah the riot cop is gonna get me <laughs> please, uh, please okay, save yeah. me yeah yeah that's that's and what i, I, I felt that. like yeah yeah was much more like dissonant and aggressive and mm-hmm. much much less chill than everything before and after so so there are moments like that that stand out mm-hmm. which almost makes me want to do like a curated version of this soundtrack that is all of just like the lo-fi ambient mm-hmm. Oh, there are many on uh, stuff. There, there are many online already of people being like sure Signalis, no, no enemy music. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, mm-hmm. or relaxing music mix. Yeah, like the, just the hour of like uh, all the safe room and the causal loop and mm-hmm. all these other nice, you know. Yeah, you have like bodies, which seems jarring, but it could be like Evangelist track. Like it's just yeah, very kind of peaceful, mm-hmm. lo-fi, fly through the Blade Runner city and chill. But then you'll hit incinerator and it'll be like, what oh, if, boy, yeah, yeah, what if I stabbed <laughs> you in the ear with a malfunctioning walkie talkie? Like, yeah, <laughs> I think obviously and a, a very conscious choice that they make these jarring shifts in the in the soundtrack, because that's I mean, a lot of signals is like having the rug pulled out from you at certain key moments in the story is just like you think the game's going this way. And then, haha, it's this it's we're doing this now. Um, and. So, yeah, I think I mean, I think in both cases, like, you know, Dark Tide is more of a unified experience uh, as they gently guide. Well, you know, guide you from one track to the other. This one is like, no, you're lost and you don't know what the fuck's going on. And that's the whole point. Sometimes you can chill out and sometimes the riot cop is coming to get you and it works. <laughs> but yeah, there, there, you do definitely need like you can't just listen to this album all entirely, you know, with the track list and not like feel if you wanted like a unified experience, cause like 
the first time I tried to listen to the soundtrack, I was like, oh, this is good. It's like, oh, God, oh, this is good. Oh, God. You know, like it just just unsettles you. <laughs> I kind of like writing to it. It's like its own Pomodoro technique. You start to like pay, not pay attention and yeah. like folk. And then so like, like, you're like, oh, God. Yeah, that has to. Oh, boy, somebody's going to steal this. I'm going to say it online. And there that that has to be like a billion dollar app idea. Right. Of like <laughs> video game music, Pomodoro app or something. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. I mean, there are some tracks that kind of take a middle ground. Like, I feel like uh, some of them felt to me like like a Nine Inch Nails, like industrial track, not like full like track 41 mm-hmm. Rogue Wave and kind of just like almost reminded me of, like the Quake One soundtrack where it's like this pulsing industrial like yeah. sound without going full out boss fight, you know. Exactly. And I do think those ambient tracks are probably where these two games intersect soundtrack mm-hmm. wise i think that like they they both meet in the industrial middle that's the mm-hmm. the overlap of the venn diagram between these two <laughs> i also found it interesting to look to see which of the two artists did which tracks and you know it, at first i thought oh well obviously you know let's see here like a, th- a cicada siren uh cicada sirens was doing the ambient tracks and thousand eyes was doing like the boss fight and the industrial stuff but no like they varied up they both do like some of each. Uh, so they're both very talented people. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't find a seam. It, like I couldn't listen to a song. We're like, oh, that's one or the other. Mm. I do know Cicada Side uh, Sirens is already working on another survival horror game, or at least a couple. The one I, I saw was uh, Numata, which is an upcoming game on Steam. And they've already posted like their soundtrack uh, or the saver music for Nomada, which is about they're like, go into this abandoned building and like figure out what happened to all the people. Also, there's weird tentacles on monsters and stuff, but it has a save room. So you're fine. You know, <laughs> they know what they like. I love yeah. that the save room is like the closest our area in history is going to get to like the formalism of like chamber music or like, like, <laughs> like it's like a rondelle, like every composer's expected to have one just to show you can do it. Like you mm-hmm. got it. They mm-hmm. have like formal conventions. Like that's, that's weird. Cause like prelude last, and Smith Corona. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like last night I, I, after I was listening to the soundtrack, I, I just saw nocturnes. I, I put, I, I started playing as like a John field mm-hmm. nocturnes and he, John field is a compo- Irish composer who, I did a Wikipedia dive and he's like, oh, he's the one who created this whole genre, this form of music about, you know, the peacefulness of night. And it's like very nice Mm. classical music about this very, you know, like tranquil. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's the savor music of the 19th century. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's kind of funny how much of that stuff just uh, musically has kind of been forgotten that it, it is heavily formalized of like what technically is a fugue. Like we just Mm -hmm. say a fugue, but it's actually like strict rules about repeating phrases and across voicings and oh yeah and stuff well, yeah so. the nocturne thing for uh, on wikipedia is like hey this is what a nocturne is all about it's like that's a lot of music terms i don't know but i man <laughs> we used yeah. to we used to live in a society there's a world where we could be beating each other to death in the streets of paris with canes over formless <laughs> arguments as to what qualifies savor music but instead we got no piano ready. <laughs> <laughs> instead we're here instead of beefing through the streets with our expatriate buddies it, drunk on your track is too yeah. high fidelity. It must have a lo-fi crackle to it. It must evoke anachronistic recording technology. You fool. So yeah. he's going to be like the Stravinsky of the savior music. Then like <laughs> riots or uh, <laughs> women fainting. Yeah. <laughs> 
God, now I kind of want to do like a write a, a comedy or something about like composers all trying to make the ultimate saber music. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah a deep, the history yeah. of the saber music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, kind of one last little interesting, un, not really a musical point, but like a data audience point. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, both of these soundtracks are posted on YouTube in their entirety by their respective developers, and they're properly chaptered out so that each each track is properly a chapter in, in YouTube and everything. Mm-hmm. And this enables you to look at kind of stuff. So like, at least for me in Chrome, if I'm watching the video and I mouse over the time bar, like oh, the scrubber, yeah. it brings up a, um, there's like a histogram, which I think is roughly related to like watch density. Like yeah. how many people watch like that? Like, and it'll tell you a highlight parts that are like most replayed and stuff. And in the context of an album, it's kind of interesting, especially one so long and varied, what tracks people zero in on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. I don't know where I'm going with this because I just discovered it. Oh, no, I've seen about it. Uh, a number of left tubers like mention in the text of video essays, like when they know people are going to stop watching because they've been mm-hmm. studying the metric of that sort of history. Yeah. Well, but, like I had never thought about like what that means for an album. When you post it mm-hmm. to YouTube until you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those sorts of metrics have always been available creator side. So like this all gets posted on YouTube and I can go look at like average watch mm-hmm. time who, who stops watching at certain times or comes mm-hmm. back and by demographics and everything. But since this is like consumer side data, there's sort of an implication there for then if you're lazy, you might just go to the parts that already flagged as most replayed. Mm-hmm. So like it does impact the consumption, but that's not really the point here is I was just noticed that the ones for Dark Tide, that are the most popular are the like Imperial. So the Imperial Advance is like the second, which is the very driving choral, big bombastic organs. And then the Imperium mix of Disposal Unit, which is like a IDM remix of Disposal mm-hmm. Unit towards the end. Disposal Unit rocks. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on Signalis, the two most are, um, I'm not going to butcher the German, but it's Emptiness by A Thousand Eyes. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both great tracks. I'm not disagreeing, but it's just interesting that for those, it's both of like somber, moody piano pieces are the two most yeah. for those. And for Dark Tide, I, it's like the bump. Where's yeah, I Missed sorry. You at? Is I Missed You on there? I imagine that's it. I, I really like that one. Let's see. What track number is that? Uh, I have to go by time code, unfortunately, not just track. Sorry. Yeah, I was just curious. But yeah, like that's my other favorite along with uh, Emptiness, the or Detoten Stiel or whatever it is in the German. Yeah. Two, 3000 yeah. cycles. Okay. Yeah. One Yeah. Uh, it's actually kind of spiking right at, because it's right after yeah. uh, emptiness. Mm. So like there, the people listen for a couple tracks before uh, it level. Yeah. It seems out. like a yeah. kind of ramps up and then back down. Well, I, everyone I, else is wrong. That's my favorite. One <laughs> thing that is also, you see on YouTube uh, for a lot of popular tracks from soundtracks is, this track looped for like 15 or 30 minutes. And I know like emptiness mm-hmm. is one of those. And so like people will put that on and just like listen to the same song for 30 minutes, even though there's, you could just YouTube as a looping feature. You can just set it to loop. <laughs> okay. I get that. And again, without yeah. too many spoilers though, once you've played Signalis and you know, the song is from Signalis, when you put mm-hmm. it on a 30 minute loop, like that's just like a recipe for an anxiety attack for me. Like, <laughs> Hey, I really want to have an existential crisis. Is there some sort of auditory, way to ensure that happens like because that mm-hmm. would that would do that to me <laughs> well it's for several tracks like yeah, yeah, not yeah. just that one but yeah yeah no it's mm-hmm. it's wild that people do that but they love and that's 
Yeah. This would be a whole other discussion. Maybe not the best thing to bring up at the end of the episode, because I think there's a whole other independent of these soundtracks discussions about like the effect of consumer side data on oh, yeah, consumption yeah. and like oh, yeah. production side is already so algorithmically controlled mm-hmm. that to then be like, well, let's also pass this on to the other side, man. That's just, I feel like that's just asking for an Ouroboros of mm-hmm. disaster. No, no, that's for sure. It would be real interesting to see yeah, how those histograms and um, other yeah, the algorithm uh, uh, shifts viewing habits, you know, like has YouTube shorts and TikTok changed, you know, music listening. Habits. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, God, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, something to think about. <laughs> it's above my pay grade. You've already exhausted your That's right. very uh, expensive yeah. hour with me. So That's true. <laughs> it's ridiculous, Damn. quite frankly. Damn. <laughs> well, I'll just say, don't let some machinic algorithmic consciousness tell you what to listen to. Let our human organic consciousnesses tell you what to listen to. Yeah. And that's Dark Tide and Signalis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining us on the hour discussion of four hours of music that we've hopefully condensed down to its, its key themes. Next episode, we're going to be getting it back into Dungeon Synth. Ross and I have identified a, an interesting Boston music label that, that pumps out. Well, pumps out sounds derogatory, but they make Dungeon Synth and <laughs> it's very good. And we're going to talk about it mm-hmm. before we get into all of our call to actions. Caleb, how can people connect with you? Uh, yeah, I design games uh, for Arc Dream Publishing's Delta Green RPG at patreon.com backslash DGDC. And I also make my own games. I'm currently working on the second edition of Red Markets. Uh, and if you want to mm-hmm. check the progress of that, you can find me at patreon.com backslash HGOD. All good stuff worth checking out. If you like what we do and you want to hear more of it, we do have a Patreon at Radio at patreon.com. We have two years worth of bonus episodes now, one of which also features Caleb talking about stuff I don't remember because everything's a blur now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite frankly, no offense to anybody. Um, and like, you know, some essays and there's going to be some other stuff that we're going to be working on hopefully at some point. You can also find us Nightclerk Radio pretty much anywhere, nightclerkradio.com, at Nightclerk Radio on Twitter. I'm at Burke McBurkinson. Ross is at Ross Payton. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, wherever you find your podcast you can probably find us there and wherever you do choose to consume our content as i hate to say just take a moment to let that machine consciousness boost us up on the histogram let it know that you like what we do and tell us exactly which parts you like that we do so we can just repeat them ad nauseum until we become annoying and then you go find somebody else to consume oh no <laughs> entropy no it's the it's the algorithm creator cycle i'm sorry the best part about an ouroboros is once you're inside you don't have to ask for it it just keeps coming that's true yeah. it just keeps coming mm-hmm. oh no keeps on happening <laughs> but until that implosion occurs thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time bye, bye. Thank you.